honor of Imam al-Sadiq of Alhamdulillah sallallahu Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala al-Mustafa Muhammadin wa alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin. واللعنة الدائمة على أعدائهم أجمعين إلى قيام يوم الدين رب شحلي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي الله سبحانه وتعالى سنده القرآن ولا يزالون مختلفين إلا من رحم ربك ولذلك خلقهم القرآن الكريم speaks about two types of differences found amongst humanity. One is a good type of difference, and the second is an evil or bad type of difference. As for the good type of difference, it is the one that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because everything that comes from Allah is good and beautiful. As Sayyidah Zainab salam teaches us when she says, Ma ra'aytu illa jameela. I did not see anything but that which is beautiful. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows different skin colors on human beings. And He also teaches us in one way or another, for example, through inspiration, ilham, different types of languages. The Quran tells you, Allah says in the Holy Quran, that the difference of skin color and the difference of languages found amongst humanity is one of God's signs, which means it's good. It's a good type of difference. Then again, you have a bad type of difference, which is when people differ over the truth or say they differ over the religion of truth. People come forth and doubt in the truth, which ultimately leads them to disbelieving in the truth and forming false religions or false sects. Obviously, we're not talking about everyone, but we're talking about some or a great chunk of humanity. This is a bad type of ikhtilaf, a bad type of difference. Why? Because when you have people who doubt in the truth and then disbelieve in it, and form their own sect, their own false religion or false sect, which will contain false beliefs or practices, this will lead humanity to division. And division leads where? It leads to weakness. It's a source of weakness, not a source of strength. Secondly, with the presence of these false religions or sects, 
some people at least will deviate. Yes, some will remain on the straight path, but the sad reality is usually when someone creates a false religion or sect, he will find at least a handful of people following him. So he will be misleading those individuals. Thus, Al-Quran Al-Kareem warns us from this type of what? Of ikhtilaf, this type of difference. Allah says, for example, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا And surely this is my path. It is a straight path. فَاتَّبِعُوهُ So follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُولِ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ However, do not follow the paths. Which paths is he talking about? The paths of evil. The paths which contradict the straight path. Do not follow those paths, lest they will bring you away from the straight path and will cause you to divide. You will become divided. You will divide into sects. Allah Ta'ala wants everyone to follow what? As-Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. To follow the straight path. And As-Sirat Al-Mustaqeem, as we mentioned previously, especially on the day of Ghadir, is our Imam Amir Al-Mu'mineen, salawatullah wa salamuhu alayh. Imam Al-Hadi, salamullah alayh, when he visited the grave of his grandfather, Imam Ali, on the day of Ghadir, through a ziyara known today as Ziyara al-Ghadiriyah, he told the Imam, he told him, you are the one that Allah refers to when he says, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاتِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوا So Allah Ta'ala wants us to follow the path of Ali, the path of Ahlul Bayt, the straight path. صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهُ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِمْ And he informs us, in verses 118 and 119 of Surah Hud, of an important reality, actually multiple important realities. He says, وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ Humans will always differ. On what? On the truth. You'll always find them differing on what is the religion of truth. Everyone, Ya Allah, differs. No one is united on this issue. He says, no, there's an exception. Except for those whom your Lord has blessed. Those individuals who are blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you find them united on what? On believing in the truth. United on following the truth. Who are those individuals? We have multiple narrations by our Imams السلام, which you can find in Tafsir Nur al-Thaqalayn. I don't have enough time to mention those narrations tonight because our time is a bit tight. But I'll mention the source. Go to Tafsir Nur al-Thaqalayn. Over there you'll find multiple narrations 
by Imam al-Sajjad, for example, Imam al-Baqir, Imam al-Sadiq, salawatullah alayhim, in which the imams comment on verses 118 and 119 of Surah Hud, and they tell you that the people who are blessed, when Allah says, إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ or the Shi'as of Ahlul Bayt, salawatullah alayhim. They're the ones who are blessed. They're the ones who remain united as they follow the truth. Why do they remain united? Because they're following Ahlul Bayt. Because they're Shi'as. If you're a Shi'a, then you accept what Ahlul Bayt tell you. Then you follow the commands and the instructions of Ahlul Bayt, salawatullah wa salamu alayhim, as a result, their followers remain united on what? On following the straight path. Then Allah says, And He created them for that reason. What reason? For Rahmah. He created them to lead them into His mercy. We said multiple times, if you remember, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, based on this verse, tells us, he tells us that everyone, even the disbelievers, even the polytheists, were created for what? For mercy. To be led into God's mercy. But the problem is, many of us humans lead ourselves into Allah's punishment through our own misbehavior, through our own sins. The initial plan of God was what? The initial plan was that we all be led to his mercy through the obedience we show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Through our obedience. The obedience you perform through the free will that Allah azza wa jal has given you. So the verse tells you that those who are blessed by God in other words, the Shi'as of Ahlul Bayt, they are united on what? On following the truth. Here, a question comes to mind. And that is, if following Ahlul Bayt, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhim, leads us to unity, it protects us from division. Then why is it that we find today certain individuals who claim to be claim to be followers of Ahlul Bayt yet they present thoughts or beliefs, ideas that contradict the thoughts and the beliefs of our Maraja? The thoughts and beliefs of Ahlul Bayt, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhim. And as a result, the presence of such individuals causes what? Causes division. They claim to be following the path of Ahlul Bayt, alayhim wa salatu But we realize that the ideas or thoughts or beliefs they're presenting is what? Is causing division. So how can you tell us? That if you follow Ahlul Bayt, salawatullah alayhim, you will be protected from division. Well, the answer is quite simple. Claiming to follow Ahlul Bayt is not enough. Anyone can make that claim. 
What is needed is actually accepting the words of the Imams والسلام, and following their beliefs and practices. I can claim to be Ja'fari, right? One of the uh, followers of Ja'far al-Sadiq But I will not be a true Ja'fari unless I accept what Ja'far al-Sadiq presented. Unless I actually follow Ja'far al-Sadiq Some people will speak in the name of Ahlul Bayt. They'll speak in their name. But they'll present thoughts and ideas that contradict what Ahlul Bayt said. Salamullah alayhim. That is why you'll see them differing, for example, with our grand scholars, differing with the majority of the Shias, the Twelvers who truly follow Ahlul Bayt alayhim wassalam. This is an issue that you don't only see today. If we review the narrations of Ahlul Bayt, we find that this also existed during the days of the previous Imams. Let me share an important story with you regarding Imam al-Sadiq alayhi with the limited amount of time we have left. A story which will show you that yes, even during the days of the forefathers of Sahib al-Zaman, there are people claiming to follow, who, who would claim to follow Ahlul Bayt but would present ideas that contradict the ideas or beliefs of the Imams. The story is found in a book by Shaykh Al-Tusi called Ikhtiyar Ma'rifat Al-Rijal. The narration goes back to Mufaddal ibn Umar, who was one of Imam al-Sadiq's closest companions. Mufaddal says, Rahimahullah, one day a man called Al-Fayd ibn al-Mukhtar entered upon Imam al-Sadiq And he asked Imam al-Sadiq about a specific verse in the Quran. So the Imam explained that verse to Al-Fayd. He gave him the ta'wil, the meaning or say the primary meaning of the verse. And then Al-Fayd said the following. Fayd had a complaint. He told the Imam, May I be sacrificed for you? Why do I see that your Shias differ amongst each other? Who is he talking about? He's talking about the people who believed in Ahlul Bayt or claimed to believe in them. Why do I see that they differ amongst each other? Imam al-Sadiq told him, what is this difference that you're talking about, O Fayd? He told him, listen carefully. He told him, when I go to Kufa, I see these Shias, people who believe or claim to believe in Ahlul Bayt sitting in circles. So I come to these circles and I find that they present, each circle presents different thoughts, thoughts and ideas or beliefs that contradict the thoughts or ideas or beliefs of the other circle. So I find that these people who claim to be following you 
Ahlul Bayt they're presenting contradicting ideas, contradicting beliefs. As a result, I get to the point where I'm about to doubt. To doubt in what? To doubt in the truth. But then I go to Al-Mufaddal bin Umar. When I go to Mufaddal Rahmatullah Alayh, Mufaddal speaks to me. And he shares narrations with me which calm me down. When I hear the narrations that Mufaddal Rahimahullah transmits, I calm down and I find that my heart is at peace. Why do you think when Al-Fayd goes to Mufaddal and he hears the words of Mufaddal, his soul calms down? His soul reaches a state of peace simply because Mufaddal bin Umar would transmit the teachings of Ahlul Bayt. It's that simple. He would not alter the words of the Imams. Alayhim, so, what did Imam al Sadiq say about this when Al uh, Fayd ibn al Mukhtar made that complaint? He told him. He told him, Ajal huwa kama dhakarta ya Fayd. Yes, indeed. What you mentioned, O Fayd, is true. As in, I know that this is happening in Kufa. Why is it happening, O Imam? He said, alayhi salam. O Fayd, surely people have ascribed lies to us, Ahlul Bayt. They're lying. And they're ascribing those lies to us. And they've done so abundantly. Then he told him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligated the people to refer to us, Ahlul Bayt, and to submit to our teachings. That's all Allah wants. That you accept what Ahlul Bayt tell you and you implement it. It's as simple as that. But he tells him, sometimes, O Fayd, I speak to a certain individual. I teach him a particular issue. And by the time he comes out of my house, he changes my words. I tell him a specific word. Ja'far al-Sadiq is talking. I tell him a specific word. By the time he leaves my house, he misinterprets the word purposely. And he changes it. Which means that you had people even during the days of the forefathers of Imam al-Mahdi, Allah Ta'ala Faraja, ascribing lies to his forefathers, السلام, when the Imams were were not only present, they were apparent Imams. They were not in Ghaiba. And you had people who had the audacity to do so. Then the Imam alayhi salatu wasalam told him, he told him, these people who are ascribing lies to us, and for that reason they're causing division, these people, they use our words and they claim to love us not for the sake of Allah. Rather, they use our words and they claim to love us because they want to attain worldly blessings worldly positions for example they want fame 
They want money and the likes. Each one of them wants to be a chief amongst his community. But they know that they cannot reach that position without using what? The names of Ahlul Bayt. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhim. What does the narration here teaches, uh, teach us? It teaches us, my brothers and sisters, that as soon as you see someone speaking in the name of Ahlul Bayt, you should not rush into believing what they say until you look at the content of what they're presenting. This applies to any speaker, to any scholar, to any individual. When someone speaks in the name of Ja'far al-Sadiq or Ahlul Bayt, you cannot rush into believing what they say until you look at the content of what they're presenting. Does it contradict the Quran al-Kareem or not? Does it contradict the narrations of Ahlul Bayt or not? Do our maraja' agree with the substance that is being presented or do they go against it? This is one main lesson we learn from the narration of Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salat wassalam. Then at the end of the narration, the Imam tells Al-Fayd ibn Mukhtar, he tells him, if you want to reach our narrations, then go to this man. And he pointed to a specific person who was sitting down in the gathering of the Imam. Al-Fayd or Mufaddal says, we asked, who is that person who was sitting down? And it was none other than Zurara ibn Ayun, Rahmatullah ta'ala alayhi. One of the Imam's closest Shias and companions. The Imam told Fayd, do you want my narrations? Go to Zurara ibn Ayun. He'll teach you my narrations. As in that man is trustworthy. Here the Imam is teaching us a second lesson. If you want to reach the teachings of Ahlul Bayt, then you must refer to the trusted, trustworthy, reliable scholars who have learned from Ahlul Bayt One might say, but I'm not able to go to Zurara today. Zurara passed away a long time ago. Correct. He did pass away a long time ago. But you can refer to those who who resemble Zurara today. In other words, our Maraja, the grand scholars. If we want to be safe from deviation, my brothers and sisters, then we definitely need to adhere to Ahlul Bayt, number one, السلام, and we cannot allow anyone to detach us from Al Maraja. I'm not talking about a specific Marja, I'm talking about Maraja in general, the grand scholars. Because they are the deputies of our Imam, the general deputies of Sahib al-Zaman, Allah Ta'ala Farajah al-Sharif. This great narration holds several important lessons for us. Several Ja'fari pieces of advice. Such was our Imam alayhi salam, Ja'far al-Sadiq. He would shower the nation and especially his followers with golden pieces of advice, with knowledge. In fact, you find that even on the brink of Shahada, when he was about to pass away,
Imam al-Sadiq granted us, he gave us one last piece of advice. On the brink of martyrdom, what did he say? Abu Basir says, I entered upon Um Hamida after Imam al-Sadiq's death and I gave her condolences for the Imam's death, so she cried. And she told me, Oh Abba Muhammad, if only you were present when he passed away, you would have seen something amazing. She told him when he was on the brink of martyrdom, he opened his eyes. And he told us, bring me all of those who are related to me. Bring me all of my relatives. So he brought them all. Then he looked at them and he said, Inna shafa'atana. Surely our intercession will not reach he who belittles his prayer. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal not to be from those who belittle their prayers. Then Imam Sadiq salawatullah wa salamuhu alayhi passed away. The great calamity befell Imam Al-Kadhim and Banu Hashim alayhim salam I say, O Ja'far bin Muhammad, forgive me for this word, Sayyidi. Your tragedy breaks our hearts. You were poisoned by Al-Mansur al-Dawaniqi. And you were greatly oppressed like your forefathers and descendants salam. Today we look at your grave and the state of your grave in Baqiya also breaks our hearts. However, Sayyidi Aba Abdullah al-Sadiq, when you passed away, you were surrounded by your beloved family members. You were surrounded Surrounded by Banu Hashem. As if I see Imam Al Kaabim, Salamullah, right beside you. However, my heart breaks for your grandfather, Hussein, who was also surrounded by a group of people at the time of his martyrdom. As for you, Ya Jafar Sadiq, you were surrounded by your family members. But as for Abba Abdullah Hussein, he was surrounded by thousands of butchers who wanted to slay him and shed his blood. Some of them were striking him with swords, others were stabbing him with spears, and others were throwing rocks and arrows at the Imam Master, O Imam 
الصادق at the time of your martyrdom Imam Al-Kazim was right beside you as for your grandfather Hussain his son Zainul Abideen was not able to be beside him Hussain was lying on the on the plains of Karbala unable to rise whilst his son Zainul Abideen was lying on his mat in the Husseini camp unable to rise and unable to subdue his sickness yes this is one of the heartbreaking facts of Karbala Imam Sajjad was not able to be beside his father at the time of his martyrdom however Imam Sajjad came to the body of his father on the 13th day of Muharram when he came to that blessed body what did he do Imam Sajjad threw himself on the body of Hussein embraced the body and began kissing it and smelling its fragrance as he was saying Ya Abata بعدك طال حزننا Oh Father, our sorrow after you is everlasting. Our distress after you is everlasting. Ya Abatah, بعدك قرت عيون الشامتين. Oh Father, those who rejoice at our misfortune rejoiced when you were killed. Oh Father, when you were killed, Banu Umayyah rejoiced. <laughs> We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hasten the reappearance of Sahid al-Zaman to make us from his sincere followers and supporters to forgive our sins, to conceal our defects and to fulfill our needs. Allahumma bihaq imamina al-sadiq alayhi salam iqdi hajatan kulli muhtaj la siyama hawaijan hadirina wal mushahideen وَمَنْ سَأَنَنِ الدُّعَاءِ يَا رَبَّ الْعَالَمِ We ask Allah Azzawajal to heal all sick believers for the sake of the sick Imam Zain al-Abideen alayhi salam and to bless all believers who passed away, especially our family members and friends, those who are completely forgotten and never mentioned. إِلَىٰ رَوَاحِهِمْ جَمِيعًا نَبْعَثُوا ثَوَابَ مَجْلِسِنَا هَذَا وَتَوَابَ الْفَاتِحَةِ تَسْبِقُهَا صَلَاةٌ عَلَىٰ مُحَمَّدٍ وَآلِي مُحَمَّدٍ Hello.